This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time to step up to the plate with Jim, Steve, Fish, and former two-time Gold Glover World Series champion, Benji Molina. A swing and a miss, and that's the winner! That's the winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals! Right, Jordan! Smith courts one into right down the line. It may go. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. I pop off. The Clover's there. The Cardinals won the pennant. The Cardinals won the pennant. The Cardinals won the pennant. Breeze hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. Swing and a miss. The Cardinals are world champions for 2006. In the air to left, well hit. Back is Craig. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Hello, Cardinal fans, and welcome to a Wednesday edition of Bowties and Bullshit, your St. Louis Cardinals Two Birds on a Bat podcast, coming to you from the Patio Studios, the original party place for St. Louis Cardinal fans everywhere. Don't forget them pre and post game. It's a great place to meet up. If you're not going to meet at Stan, meet at Patios, as another St. Louis tradition. I um, uh, want to thank Randy Green with InnovativeCompanies.com for his continued support of our show. We couldn't do it without Randy and his wonderful daughter, Stephanie. There are so many people out there that would agree with me when it comes to the projects that they've entrusted them with, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial. Innovative Companies always gets the job done. They've got a construction team, heating and cooling team, and an electric team fired up and ready to tackle any job you may have. And don't forget, if you're a first responder or in the military or retired military, whatever you need there, um, Show them the proper identification. You receive 15% off your total project bill. And that's from our good friends at InnovativeCompanies.com. <coughs> Let me get that cough out of the way. And uh, let everyone know that we're going to have a lot of fun with this episode today because um, I, I think people know that I love to throw things out there. And, um, and I'm, and, and believe me when I say this, I'm not like some of the other people and say, well, I just throw stuff out there. I don't really believe it. No, I, it isn't that I don't believe it. I just like to remind people of things and I want to know sometimes the difference in certain things and other things. And then I like to point out hypocrisy. I love to, I do love to always take a look at the other side of things and say, now, wait a minute. So had a little fun the last couple of days with the Kim thing and uh, the Kaminsky thing, and it really took off on Twitter, and I think there's a faction of people that want to argue just to argue about it, and that's fine too. But the reality of it is people took what I said wrong, and Twitter's really hard to like explain yourself sometimes because of the characters. Plus, the last thing anybody wants to read on Twitter is your explanation for anything. It's, <laughs> it should be a quick opinion. But we're going to talk about it today so that if there's any doubt, people can understand my point, which I think some people uh, did get it. Uh, there's a few that did not. But it is a great conversation today because in the end, I think you'll see where this conversation goes. I'm going to welcome in my cohort in crime, the one, the only, the shirtless wonder from Birds on the Black and Prospects After Dark, Kyle Reese, for this conversation. What's going on? Hello, sir. How are you? Please get off the snowplow and join uh, us in conversation. 
Yeah, it's been a crazy couple days, man. It's been a crazy couple days. I apologize to the audience if I'm not my normal, lively self. Oh, you'll get lively here in a minute. So It won't take long. So a couple of things. A couple things I threw out there that I want to get your thoughts on the last couple days. So I very... So I noticed in a conversation on Twitter... I don't know. I don't even know when it was. It was. I think it was during general manager meetings. Derek Gould was having some conversations with some people that were obviously disappointed that everybody else was doing all this stuff and the Cardinals, you know, once again are doing nothing. And um, and I, I think one of his comments were, well, you know, people were saying the Cardinals have no intention of doing anything. And he had mentioned in the conversation that, you know, that, Mosellock had told him and others, I believe, that you know their hopes were to leave or that they were looking to sign at least two pitchers. Okay, well, and I know this; I'm not dumb. You know, they announced, I guess, a few days ago that they had re-signed Kaminsky. I understand that a any time they sign anybody, it's news. Now, whether it's newsworthy is is in mm-hmm. the eye of the beholder. The Kaminsky thing was interesting because they once owned him. Okay, yeah. So that that. That I knew that I'm not dumb, okay. But then when they signed Kim, which let me preface this by saying, and this is where it gets lost on Twitter. I like you, and everybody else listening to this show have zero idea if he's going to be any good or not. Zero, mm-hmm. zero. Okay, I hope he's Sandy Koufax. Okay. That being said, I said well. Derek Gould did say they were going to sign two pitchers, so I guess it's Kaminsky and Kim. And I mean to tell you, people started in on me about Cut. why why are you focused on Kaminsky? He's a minor league. So I compared it to Drew Robinson. Yeah. Because I don't know if you remember this or not, Kyle, but when yeah. I last year when the Cardinals talked about a left-handed bat, we got Drew Robinson. And everybody said, because I had said, oh, okay, there's our left-handed bat. And everybody said, oh, what are you talking about, Jim? That's a minor league signing. He's a depth signing. If anything, he's a bench player. They, wanted, they want him to be on the bench. And I said, I, he's not good enough for that role. That's, that was my point. I, wanna, like, I wanted to ask Drupal Cabrera or somebody like that. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And, and, and I got into it with some clown. And I told him, listen, I'm consistent. If you want to take the time, go back and find the episode. Okay? Because I talk about it at length. That here's a guy that I don't give a shit what his minor league number said. He didn't have a few at-bats in the major leagues. He had enough at-bats in the major leagues to tell me he couldn't hit major league pitching. Okay? Not very well. No better than Greg Garcia. And I thought we were trying to get better than Greg Garcia. Okay? So anyway, that's what I compared it to. Very simple. Now, here's the thing. I have no idea what Kim's going to do. But this is an example again. So I made so I made the comments to Derek about, you know, eating a hot dog versus steak and all this kind of stuff, having some fun with it. But the reality of it is, you know what it comes down to? Okay. Well, let's do this. Before I give you my explanation of what it feels <laughs> like to me, I want you to tell me your thoughts. Because I don't know about you, but I think this is it. Other than I... maybe other than maybe them taking advantage of a market at the very uh-huh. end of a couple people sitting there looking for a job like I, I like like again i i don't even know what it would be now other than a other than a reliever that's like out of work needs a job yeah I, I, you nailed that last part it's just going to come down to how the market shapes up as they enter spring training all we have to do is look at the last week and the rhetoric coming out of cardinal camp uh a week ago it was 
let me rephrase that because it's not fair to say that. Uh, Mr. Gould was reporting that the Cardinals wanted to acquire two more arms. You address that. And then they acquire – I'm not going to talk about Comiskey. That's whatever. Like The only reason that gets any play is because he was drafted by the Cardinals and he was a hot-button prospect for a while. And If his name was you know, John Dickhead, he would not have any publicity at all. He'd be like, oh, we got John Dickhead. Who's John Dickhead? And I would have a flood of mentions asking me about John Dickhead. Instead, they did sign one pitcher, and then during and I didn't get to. I had I've had a busy couple days. I only got to see clips of the press conference, but I believe Mr. Mazelak was asked, and he said, "Well, we're done with pitching. Uh, now the focus is Marcelo Zuna." And to me, there's a lot to unpack in just that statement. Sure. Uh, one that they've they've uh, they have moved on from pitching, and that I don't think they've actually moved on from looking for other pitching. I think now they they will find their pitcher at their deal. And if they can't find their pitcher at their deal, then they are done with pitching. But I still think they're open to it, exactly like you mentioned at the end of the uh, – as we enter spring training. The news that I took uh, – the only news that came from yesterday was that that's the first time that I've ever heard John Mazela ever, and this includes Matt Holliday, ever say that that's their primary focus. I've never, I can't remember a time, other than like Adam Wainwright, it was never like a primary focus thing. I've never, I can never remember a time when he was specific about a player being their primary focus from that point on in spring training. And I, I know that there's a lot to talk about about pitching, and it is definitely an instance of the Cardinals trying to find a deal instead of paying for a top-of-the-line talent. I, I said in the group chat uh, on, on Sunday at some point, I said, the Cardinals have this incredible ability to not ever overpay, or never not ever pay for anyone of supreme talent, but to overpay for guys that are marginally talented. Uh, I like that this is just like a deal that even if it goes wrong, it doesn't affect them at all, really. I like the chance they're taking on him. Uh, he's, he's an interesting guy who does some interesting stuff. And it's the kind of lottery ticket that you would want at that price. But I've moved past it. And to me, the news is that the Cardinals are overtly talking about bringing back Marcelo Zuna. And I can't ever remember there being a time when they did that in the offseason with a free agent. Uh, it, I, I, that's what, to me, is the real news here. Well, so let me ask you, the, in the conspiracy world, is this basically to appease some fans because they have really no intention of signing him because listen, that's the other thing we're still on the, in his words, left-handed ish. Uh I mean, last I checked, Marcelo Zuna is not left-handed. And and I like at this juncture, I'm over it. Like I'm ready. I'm ready to see what these other guys are doing. I, I, I'm over it. I I, aren't like, I'm, you know, I don't know. I just, I think, so I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt if that's part of the motivation with bringing up Marcelo Zuna. Trying to find the common ground in all this, I think that if they just would have kept with the rhetoric, like we're still in touch with Ozuna's people, we're giving, we want to give these options, we want to give our internal options chances. But it, the comments just seemed a little bit more aggressive from, especially, specifically, from this front office. It did not match up with anything I've ever heard them say. And it didn't even match up with what they've said about Ozuna in the past. And maybe it is. Uh, maybe they knew that they were going to get flack for giving a guy who's 31 years old, who had Tommy John surgery two years ago, 
coming over from a different country who only throws 91 miles an hour, close to 92 miles an hour, uh, a contract for two years at less than 10 million once you include the posting fee. Uh, maybe they thought maybe that was the case and maybe they brought it up. It just seemed the comments seemed more aggressive and more specific than I've ever heard them talk about, uh, and, and especially including Marcelo Zuna and his potential contract. So it just, it, it was that, just hearing parts of it. I didn't even get to hear all of it. Uh, I've, I've had very little free time hearing parts of it. It was just a really interesting, uh, like bizarro world kind of moment to hear him talk about Marcelo Zuna. Yeah. I like, uh, who knows? And, and, and to be quite frank, it really has no bearing on like where I'm at in this conversation. So, yeah. So I'm sorry. About no, that. no, 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 that, no, yeah. no, 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 it, no, it, no. Because what I meant was, I, hang on, let me rephrase that. It absolutely has bearing because this conversation today is really about most speak. Okay. Yeah. And paying attention to what he says and how it works. And, and, and I guess what I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask you this question and then I'm going to give you the, the minute and a half it takes me to do the intro. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to give you time to think about it because I'm hitting you with this kind of off the cuff. So is it part of Mo's job, okay, to sell the fan base on on the Cardinals and what they're actually doing versus what we want them to do? And I hope that makes sense. And I think it does because I think you know that I'm basically very nicely trying to say, is is Mo part of Mo's job to snow us to keep us happy? Yeah, I, I think that that's part of every front office's job. Like that, that right? I mean, anybody, you're still trying to keep the fan base happy. Even you hear some nonsense coming out of like Baltimore from their well-educated front office that's been part of winning organizations prior that are in charge of the Baltimore Orioles now. It's definitely still trying to sell the product, uh, even tanking teams, to the audience. And uh, the timing of it's all weird and the most speak for sure. But we've talked about this before uh, somewhat frequently where you can actually sort through the, the BS sometimes the bullshit with Mo if you're really listening and I, I do think that they are up front it just you have to have a really good understanding of Mo speak uh, in order to fully like be able to understand what kind of nonsense they are up to and it, sure I I, I really just think this is what I think with Marcelo Zuna and I say this I only heard the comments this morning and I've been busy all day. And when I've had a couple seconds to think about it, this is what, if, if I'm guessing, Marcelo Zuna's market is not nearly as robust as he thought he was going to be, as his agent thought it was going to be. And he's falling into the Cardinals' lap a little bit. And I don't know if that's on like a one-year deal or if it's a multi-year deal at a reduced rate. But I think what's probably happening is that he's not going to get the 90, you know, just like you and I have talked about in the past too, he's not going to get $90 million. That's, you know, they're giving pitchers money. They're not giving hitters. Their hitters are getting paid. Don't get me wrong, but like Yasmani Grandel is getting paid. Uh, Jose Abreu got overpaid to stay. Um, but you know, he's not. He's not any of those people. Even Jose Abreu, and if Jose Abreu is struggling, he's still not Jose Abreu. So uh, my guess is that his agent, his people, see that the market isn't as robust as they hope, uh, and the Cardinals see an opportunity to get him at what they view as a discounted rate. Uh, and they can see a, uh, uh, I don't know, clearing through the fog or whatever, something like that. And, and yeah, but, it, you know, to your initial question, yes, I do think that it's, it, every good GM, to a degree, uh, has to sell their product to the fan base. Their general manager, uh, their vice presidents and presidents of baseball operations, like baseball operations is still 
selling the product. The president of baseball operations is still to sell the product. You know, general manager to a degree is to sell the product. So, yeah, absolutely. The ownership, too, you know, it's their job to sell the product. Well, you know, and interesting, like as we're doing this, I'm scouring through timelines and things like this. And it's funny, I think I told you that uh, Zach Gifford, who a lot of people follow on Twitter, um, had had gotten into this thing with Derek Gould kind of off of the comment that, that I had sent. And he was basically, Zach obviously 100% got what I was saying. In fact, he even found the reporter's quote about the pillow deal and sent it to him because I think Derek Gould's like, I don't know what you're talking, pillow deal. I've never, and so he sent it to him saying, look, it was reported. Okay. So it's not yeah. like we're making it up. Um, uh, but he actually states to Derek Gould exactly what I think we're doing here. Like Derek Gould is basically defending the Cardinals because he's basically saying, look, they make attempts. And just because they don't succeed at those attempts, it doesn't mean they didn't do them. And Zach says, I question whether their attempts were done in earnest. Example, yeah. Mad Bum saw reported they were hoping to consider a, peer, a, a pillow deal. Is that a serious pursuit? And I think yeah. that is what Cardinal fans have said for a long time. You know, you tell us that you're interested in this guy. And it, and it comes the other way, and it's like, well, it, it, again, it, it really is like if I go to the car, I, I love to use an like if I go to the if I go to buy a Lamborghini, and sit down and negotiate with a salesman, knowing I can't afford it and I'm never going to get approved on the credit, was I ever really serious about getting the Lamborghini? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, that's exactly that's exactly what it's like. Like you can, like, and and, and I and, and this is the ultimate thing. And I thought of this last night because I was driving through. So here's the question I'll hit you with then, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I'll do the intro, okay? The Cardinals, I believe, like to shop at TJ Maxx. And on that note, we are twobirdsonabat.com. When you get to the website, we're going to ask everybody that loves the show to please subscribe. It takes about 30 seconds, and it's free. Just click the button, and uh, off you go. Find us on our social media sites as well, uh, at Birds on a Bat Show on Twitter. Please like us there. Find us on Facebook. That's always uh, a big push for us. Type in Two Birds on a Bat, like our page. You can click invite your friends and invite all your friends or just your friends you know that are Cardinal fans that you think would get a kick out of being involved in our conversations. We'd love to have them. Uh, please do so. When you see the pin post on our Facebook page, that's the show. If you guys would like it, comment on it, and please share it. That helps us reach more Cardinal fans and bring them into our community. Uh, you can find us on Instagram as well at Two Birds on a Bat Show. And, of course, as part of lineupmediagroup.fm, home of your radio, a streaming platform for your mobile device. You guys are going to love it. Download it for free today. Uh, couldn't do the show without all of our great partners, drkristenjacobs.com and her wonderful Ulala Spa Anti-Aging and Wellness Center. Um, if you're looking to do something for yourself, check it out and see if there's something uh, she can help you with. But uh, her main pursuit in life is to remind everybody to take care of their skin and remember that every day is Skin Cancer Awareness Day. That's drkristenjacobs.com. Uh, to my friends at Gators Baseball Academy, check them out at gatorsbaseballacademy.com. We are in the, the heart of the offseason, folks. So if you're in Missouri or Illinois, two locations, uh, check them out. Find out what they can do to help your son or daughter uh, improve their game. Have some fun along the way doing it and do it the right way. That's gatorsbaseballacademy.com. And to the best barbecue in St. Louis, we say thank you as well. My good friend Mike over at Adam Smokehouse, he's second to none, folks. 
Uh, and I think that's something to be said because I, I, I tell you, there's multiple barbecue places in St. Louis that are fantastic. But Adam's Smokehouse is, as Tony LaRusso would say, at bare minimum, tied for first. Yeah. Located on Watson Road, open till 7 on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. They do the big box lunch orders for your office. If you have an event that needs catering, you could do no worse than Adam's Smokehouse. Check out the atmosphere as well. Uh, and, and if you go there and eat and sit down, you're going to love the smell. The Like I said, it's got that barbecue feel to it for sure. Mike and his staff do a tremendous job. They do deliver to certain zip codes as well. You can find out if you are lucky enough to fall into that trap as it would be a trap for me. But again, that's our good friends over at Adam Smokehouse. You won't know what to order, but order anything because it'll be good. St. Louis, here's your cue. Okay, my friend. It, it is uh, real fast. It is legitimately some of the most amazing barbecue on earth. Yeah, it is really good. I, I, you know, I still like once we get through the holiday, and I know Benji will be in for winter warm up, so I'm hoping we can all get over there and um, uh, hit up some barbecue. Maybe do a live show from there. That'd be good. That'd be brilliant. Yeah. So uh, let me let me stuff in our face. And... Stuff in our face. That'd be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> you'd have exactly to take your I'm shirt off. For. You'd be like George Costanza when he goes to the bathroom and he takes his shirt off. Maybe you'd have to take yours off to eat. Yeah, that'd be the easiest way to for easy cleanup because I know I'm going to make a mess of anything that I'm wearing, so I might as well put it right on my my man chest. No, I um, well, let me tell you my thoughts and something you said to me that's really really stuck with me. You were talking about the garage sale a couple weeks ago when we were talking about a garage sale, and what it really feels like is it all of this feels like an estate sale to me. That's like the more I think about free agency in general, it kind of feels like an estate sale. Like it's just a bunch of cleaned out parts. Uh, the house, the house just got repossessed. We're trying to clear out all this stuff. Uh, whoever has the highest bid, nah, maybe you win. And there's always one guy there who's looking for the ultimate deal. And like, if you were to tell me today that John Mazalek spends his free time antiquing, I'd say, yeah, that tracks. Sure, yeah, I could see that. He, he golfs and he antiques. Those are his two hobbies. Yeah, sure, <laughs> I could see that. And I like. That's what it feels like. It really feels like the Cardinals organization, they're looking for the deal. Like, they're looking for a, a great deal because the couple times that they've decided to get outside of their comfort zone, even though outside of their comfort zone is still kind of an acceptable amount of money, uh, when they've worked outside their comfort zone, it's been bad. It, you, the pillow deal, Matt Talk, and by the way, I love Zach. He's one of my favorite people. It, it, it's really interesting, when you, especially when you think back, like, making a, an offer in earnest the cardinals made what was it a five-year 150 million dollar deal or a, a offer up front to albert pujols that was a reported deal or whatever yeah like that wasn't now it's I, that was a deal that i would have liked for him to take uh that's the deal that every front office would have liked for him to take and i'm glad that it didn't escalate further than that but to them that is a legitimate contract offer and to the player, it's not. And this is the same front office, the same ownership group. I think it's reasonable to think, especially as we've seen down the line, with everybody other than David Price and Jason Hayward. Uh, the David Price and Jason Hayward thing, they're the two outliers in this. But they've also swung and missed with Brett Cecil and Dexter Fowler since. So we haven't seen it since then either. But uh, I do think that that's the business they're in. I think that they're, they very much like to keep what they have, and I think that they like to shop uh, for the bargains at the estate sale. Well, because so here's the deal, though, and this is my thing. So when you, if, if you are following a thousand different like storylines and stuff, so 
the Cardinals, it's almost like, I don't know if they think about it or not, but being connected with certain names, it, you know, the fact that they're never connected with them. To, like, you never heard them connected with Rendon. In trade talks, you don't hear us connected with Lindor. You don't hear us connect. And I don't mean, listen, and I mean this with all yeah. respect. All respect. Yeah. Okay? I mean this with all respect. I appreciate all the people out there that write opinionated pieces for the Cardinals. I do. I, let me say this. I don't like, I don't consider myself any better than any of them. Okay. But let me make one thing remotely, like not, not even really specifically clear. If it is not a, 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 an actual beat writer for the St. Louis Cardinals, when you send me an article to defend something that you read, you are doing, you are basically reading what some guy's thought is. Okay. Derek Gould, like him or not, is connected to the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. And Derek Gould will tell you off air, he knows all kinds of things that he doesn't report because of two reasons. Some of them are off the record, and some of them, there's nothing there yet, and he's not going to report something that doesn't have real basis yet. Yeah. Okay? Rick Hummel, same way. Okay? But Rick Hummel will give you a lot of opinions based off his knowledge. Okay, you can agree with him or disagree with him. I disagree with Rick Hummel all the time. Okay, doesn't make me smarter, him smarter. Me doesn't doesn't matter. But when you send me a piece written by somebody about a a, a, a trade or this or that, remember ninety nine percent of what you read is an article written by a guy like me, who analyzes what he sees and says, "I think this is a good idea," or "This is what they should do," or whatever. And they basically listen to a press conference and say, well, if you, so it's all opinion. Okay. So like this guy, the other day sent me a couple articles to back up his argument from a, from people no different than me. Okay. So remember what you're reading and who you're reading it from. And just because a guy has a press credential doesn't mean he knows anything. Okay. He goes, I, I could have one tomorrow. I can go down, I can stick a microphone in there and then write a piece. Okay, I'm not the beat writer. The Cardinals do not have to have a relationship with me where I get pulled in rooms and and, and my job is to cover the Cardinals so they work with me and I know things and they use me to get the correct news out. Remember that. Remember that. Okay. Now, that being said, the TJ Maxx thing for me was real simple because I'm driving by it last night. You know, we have one here in town, and I was actually, I wasn't going there. I was going somewhere else. And I thought, that's where the Cardinals shop because I compare it to my own experience. I've bought 30, I'm going to tell you in my lifetime, I think I've bought 30 shirts from TJ Maxx, all of them polo. Okay. Yeah. I, I, and this is the thing. And why? Why do I buy them? Because they're polo and they're a deal, right? It's not like buying polo at Macy's. Or yeah. from the polo store. It's a polo shirt that's marked down about half, right? Now, what do we know? There's probably a little something wrong with it. Or the reason it's there is because it didn't sell at the other store. Yeah. But every blue moon, there's something in there that I like, and it doesn't matter if anybody else liked it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then... And then so of the 30 shirts I bought from there, I can think like this is funny to say this stupid shit, but I in my mind, I can think of two or three of them that I wore more than once. 
because they were because they wound up being really nice. They fit me well, and I I never did find anything wrong with them. And when I did wear them, I really did like them. But I've bought numerous yeah. shirts from there because they were polo, because they were a discount, and they were supposed to be nice shirts. And then when I wore it, I didn't like it. A la Brett Cecil. <laughs> I can go on and on. I can go on and on. If you don't name this episode the TJ Maxx episode, then I can't. I don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Am I wrong? No, you're right. You're. I like what you're saying. It, it's yeah. It's about finding your comfort level where you feel comfortable and spending how you want to spend. You know, I'm uh, I'm ready to wear any of them. So I guess so. So my point is now. The main point of this was every now and again I go shopping at TJ Maxx and find a great deal and that thing works out for me. Yeah. And it has worked out for them at times. But just like me, they've had a lot of times where it ain't worked out for them. And people could say, well, I don't know what you mean. They spent money on Dexter Yeah, again, they spent money on Dexter Fowler, okay? I would have rather spent more money and got a better player that the chances are he was going to work out. Mm-hmm. I said this from day one. I don't know what everybody wanted from Dexter Fowler. He was never yeah. great. Uh-huh. He was an average uh-huh. baseball player. Yeah. Had a couple good seasons. We, we, we fell in love with Dexter Fowler because everybody's shoving on base percentage down our throat. And I'll say it again. I've never in my life ever watched a baseball game, listened to a baseball game with people that know what they're talking about. And they said, and I quote, Oh, runner in scoring position here. We really need to walk. Yeah. Never. I don't think, can I be honest? I don't think we ever, I mean, we were sold at first that it was a great move and it was a perfect fit. And, you know, he's in the press conference and he's a very like charismatic and charming guy. Oh, I met him. I, 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 I like I said, just not yeah. like I, I got to go to the hockey game with him, you know, with when I went yeah. with you. the funnest guy in the world. Like I had a mm-hmm. great time. Like he's fun, man. Exactly. You know, I had a great time. It just has nothing to do with that. This has nothing to yeah. do with, with that. Zero. No, but what, what I'm saying, what all I was re, like getting to is I don't even remember a time at all when this fan base was happy with Dexter Fowler, be, like see, in season-wise, like ever, ever, you know? So the organization loved him. But I don't feel like from almost from day one, people were like, what the hell is this? Yeah, I, I – and, and – and, you know what, Dexter Fowler, we we go on and on. I've said this a hundred times. Like I'm, st- I still want to know. And Matt Holiday was a good player. I would. Would you say he was great? Nah, he was. He was a fine player. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he was. Uh, well, I. I would say for his time, he was a great player in his time. That if that makes sense. Like he he was a good player. He was an MVP caliber talent. You know. See, I don't believe that. I think he was a good player. He wasn't great. Yeah. He didn't hit enough I mean, home runs just, for me. Did like I get be, he didn't hit enough home runs to offset the defense for me. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he was okay. He was okay. You know he was good. Like he was a good player. But yeah, it, maybe 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 the better way of putting it is like over his career, he had a, he had a, a great major league baseball career. But his time as a Cardinal, yeah, he was he was good. Yeah, he was a, he was a good producer. You know, if you're gonna be like, here's my opinion: if you're not gonna be a good defender. You better produce a lot of runs. That's it. You know, the other day I had a conversation. I like 
there was a, and I'll ask you your opinion on this. There was a thing the other day about a, a guy's ballot and the guy really liked it. And I liked it too. The only thing I said was I did like the fact that he had bonds and Clemens on there, but I said, if you're going to have bonds and Clemens on there, the only thing I'll say is how do you not have Manny on there? Yeah. And the guy goes, the guy said something and I go, listen, he goes, you can't put Manny and Roger or bonds as class. I don't believe. And I said, I'm, I'm not even saying that. What I'm saying is Manny's better than some of the other guys he 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 put on there. Yeah. And I yeah, you if you're going so, to go with the guys who are inside right. with steroids. Yeah. So then it turned into an Edgar Martin, you know, on all this and his war oh, and I said, "Listen, if you I'm sorry, but Edgar Martinez, I loved Edgar Martinez. He's not in Manny's class offensively. He's not. He's really not. And it's like, well, the war would tell you that and I go, "Listen, the fact that we're going to talk about war in a conversation, just trying to decide who was better, Manny or Edgar Martinez, tells me all I need to know about it for this conversation. Because the reality yeah. of it is Manny should have been a DH. It's not Manny's fault that Boston said, we don't really care how bad he is in left field. We're just going to put him out in left field because it's Fenway Park. Yeah. Because that's going to, we're basically going to have two DHs in our lineup. So he had to go out there, and I want to say he was like minus. This guy figured out he was minus twenty-one defensively, or whatever, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't give a shit. I really don't. But the bottom line is, he goes. The, the question was, it was Ben Cerruti. I think you know him. Yeah. He goes. Yeah, Ben's good stuff. Yeah, he is great. I love his stuff. But he's like, what do you mean he's not in his class? And I'm like, if you, it, it's not, it's not close. It's really not. Like if you look, like Manny Ramirez for ten years rivaled that, like Albert Pujols. Like it was it, like he, unbelievable. He was, he was unbelievable. And all that stuff. Hey, Jim, I'm sorry. I got to do it to you. I, I have to run. It's a work related issue. Well, listen, you keep running on us for work and we're going to have to do sorry. something. No, you're good. Hey, listen, before you go, tell our listeners where they can follow you. You can find me on Twitter at KYLER416. I write for Birds on the Black. Check us out. We're going to do Prospects After Dark Sunday at 8 o'clock. You can find us through Twitter and Periscope. All right. Happy holidays, my friend. I will chat Same with you, you. Uh, later and talk to you soon, my friend. Talk to you soon. All right. That's Kyle Reese. Back to work. Back to work. Men at work. We may, I, I Cue the men at work song uh, right now, but I, I won't do that, but I could. Um, great stuff from him. And listen, I, I, I want to say something here. When I talk about somebody on here, like on Twitter, um, I, I, I'm not. Like, I, I'm never going to call somebody out on here for being stupid or ignorant or whatever, like in my opinion, because... If I did, that's all it would be was my opinion. I like it doesn't matter. And here's the thing: it doesn't matter what I think. It it, ma- it it matters zero. And I'm telling you, like I talked about Zach Gifford's tweet on here today because not just because he and I happen to agree. I've actually disagreed with him before. It doesn't make me right. I brought up Ben Cerruti today. He and I's conversation. I love that conversation. I love it. He has an opinion. I have an opinion. You know, you can have these opinions. You can even feel strongly about them and not be a dick. You know, and you can have some fun with it and be charismatic in your, your tweets, but you don't have to be a dick. It's that simple. But I'm going to tell you, if you're going to be a dick to me, I'm going to be one back to you. Okay. Pretty simple. Cause I can do it. So can you, like, I don't mean that like tough guy stuff. I'm just saying, if that's where you want to go with it, I promise you, I can do it as well as you can. Okay. But I love Ben. I like, I love his stuff. Like it, I, 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 pr- I promise you half the stuff he, he puts out, I don't agree with it, but it doesn't matter. I love it. He's put out a bunch of stuff that's made me think, that's made me go back and look at something and say, well, okay, that's why I like it. 
Lots of guys that I don't agree with do like I read their stuff and I may not agree with it, but then I, I put it together with something else and I see it. That to me is the fun part of this whole thing. If there's somebody that tweets or puts an article out or something that I come across, like I'm more apt to check it out if I disagree with it, but I don't disagree with it. Like, Oh, he's an effing idiot or whatever. No, I disagree with it. I'm like, I like, I don't like, no, I don't see that. So like, for instance, when I had this conversation with Ben, I mean, I specifically went back and looked at everything and said, am I crazy? And then I found I'm not crazy. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't see what Ben sees in him saying, well, this is why I think Edgar Martinez was in Manny Ramirez's class. I, could, I can understand where he's coming from. It doesn't mean I agree with it. It also doesn't mean that I think he's right. I think if you look at it, he's not right. But Ben would say, well, let me show you why I think I'm right. And that's why I enjoy him. And that's why I enjoy reading his stuff and looking at his stuff. It, it makes me think and it makes me broaden. Doesn't mean I'm ever going to agree with it, but it makes me at least look at it and I become more educated. And it, it just, it, it's what I enjoy. It's my fandom. I had a guy the other night who's a friend of ours that we like to go back and forth with tell me on Twitter that my cohort in crime told him he wasn't fanning correctly. So, and I, and I know, and he, and they're, those two are best friends. And I said, well, listen, that's not how I am. You can be a fan. However you want in my, in my book, you can bitch, you can moan, you can holler, you can scream, you can stand on a rooftop and let it out loud. I, you can say nothing. You can protest. You can not buy tickets. You can say, I'm not doing this. I mean, I've done all that because I'm a fan. But I've done it all because I love them. I love them. They're like, like, it's like family. It's truly like family or close friends. That's what it feels like to me to be a Cardinal fan, to be a Blues fan, all that kind of stuff. I've been mad at them. I've hated them. I've been disgusted. I've said I'm not going. I've been, it's okay. It's all okay. It doesn't make, it doesn't make you any better. It doesn't make me any worse. If I stood on here and said you're all ignorant for wanting to protest, it wouldn't make me. It would just make me who I am. <laughs> And you can like that or not like it. It's fine. You know, we don't like everybody. We don't, you know, I don't need everybody to like me. I don't need everybody to want to argue. I don't need it. I just enjoy this. Like, this is fun. I have an opportunity. I no different than every one of you can have. You want anybody can have a podcast. I've said it a hundred times over. Anybody can write a, write a column and put it out on social media. That's what, that's, that's the wonderful thing that this has brought us all. So anyway, appreciate all those guys. Like both of the guys I mentioned today, I, I couldn't, I absolutely could not enjoy what they send out anymore. And, and I think people would disagree with me and say, well, boy, it sure doesn't look like it because you disagree with them. So, so what? So what? I mean, I, it's fine. And listen, and you're allowed to do what you want to do. You can block me. You cannot take our stuff because you, oh, I'm tired of them talking about, okay, that's part of it. Enjoy. It's great. Love it. All right. Time to move on to another one of my friends that I love doing this show with. Let's everybody welcome in uh, to a great conversation that I think he's going to enjoy, Moe's Algorithm. What do you say, Mo? What's going on, Jim? Oh, I just had a lot of fun with my man, uh, Kyle. And then, uh, you know, uh, luckily he had to bail probably to go take care of a snowplow issue. So uh, we didn't run too, too terribly late today. But having a spirited conversation about Mo Speak, which I know we all enjoy. I know uh, our friend Ron Nuttall that I do Ruffle Feather with is a big Mo Speak guy. But um, I got to tell you, uh, things have been going back and forth pretty heavily on Twitter. And you, and I 
listen, and I, we were discussing this earlier. Uh, sometimes you can and can't detect sarcasm in someone's voice on Twitter. There ought to be like some font for it, I guess, or something, because people get so bent out of shape. But I can't tell if you're serious or not. But I think you are. You actually like have like are on board with Kim and 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 what he may be able to bring here. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with it. Like, if people had the same reaction with Michaelis, like I don't have the same uh, convictions I had with Michaelis because I, I haven't really looked into it all that much. But I, I trust what they've done with their recent specific signings, and I, I, I'm fine with it. It is what it is at this point. Like, what do we expect? Like, especially after the news Sunday at Bumwater came out, like I was, I was just like, all right, well, I understand where they're at now, and. When they signed Kim, it, it is what it is. This is who they are. It's not surprising. And I'm sure he'll be of some value. I, I don't have a high hopes that he's going to be anything amazing, but uh, he'll be a roster filler and probably have some moments that are helpful. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know that anybody knows for sure what he's going to do, but I, you know, listen, I, I had no idea what Miles Michaelis was going to do. I was very happy with his first season. Last season, I mean, I think he was up and down. Um, I'm still not, like, off the Miles Michaelis bandwagon. So, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to give him an opportunity. <clears throat> I think, for me, the biggest thing was, you know, not that I ever needed any, re, like, reinforcement in this opinion or belief, but, you know, I, I had told Kyle before you came on that in the end, and I don't know if you have any of these where you live, but the Cardinals like to shop at TJ Maxx. They, li- they like to bargain shop. They're, they're not going to shop in the high-rent district. They're just not, even though they've spent some money on a few guys, but they're just, it just doesn't seem that in the free agent market, when it's a bunch of people can bid on, on a guy, like it just doesn't seem like that's their thing. And if that's, that's the way it's going to be, that's the way it's going to be. And it doesn't matter if I like it or not, but you know, if you're going to be a Cardinal fan, it's almost like you probably need to come to grips with the fact that this, this front office is probably not going to be associated with those top names. They're just not now. I will argue that I thought Paul Goldschmidt was a pretty good get. So I'm not going to say never. I think the situation has to be almost perfect for them yeah, to be associated. No, no, no. I, I, and, and here's my thing. But here's my thing. I'm glad you said that. I don't know about you. I don't care how they get him. It doesn't matter to me yeah. if he signed. Like trading for Lindor or Arenado or one of these guys, I, I don't give a shit. Do whatever yeah. you got to do to get him here. doesn't matter to me. You know what I'm saying? And and I will say this. If they traded for a guy, okay, who have they really been burned by that they traded for that they wanted to sign? One guy, right? One guy. One guy got traded here and took a deal with somebody else instead, right? Am I wrong? Yep. Am I forgetting yep. somebody? Because they, And it worked out great for him, to be quite frank. You know? Um. So uh, it's like if they were to trade for Lindor, I'm sure people would be like, oh, my God, they traded for Lindor. We're going to lose him. We gave up. Like, who have they done that with except for one guy? You know? So if they traded for a guy that was in the last year of a deal or had two years left, you know? Now, you could say Ozuna, and I know that's probably what some people just said. Jim, what about Marcelo Ozuna? I, I, I don't I – don't, there is, there is, you're like they could afford Marcelo Zuna if they want him. I, I don't believe in my heart they really want him back. I don't know about you, but that's what I believe. Not unless they can get him at a substantial discount. That's the thing. Like I think 
at this point, I know I wanted Bumgarner, but I think the front office at this point has looked at their middling deals in terms of like, you got to look at free agents in terms of like extreme values, like buying guys on a pillow deal or being top of the line, buying the most premier player. And they've had trouble with this middle of the road stuff. I mean, you look at Dexter Fowler, you look at Mike Leak, you look at those kind of deals where it's just they've spent a, a chunk of money and haven't gotten the return that they would have liked. So I think they're kind of scared off on this, you know, these guys that go for the 480, the 520, those, you know, the 5100, those kind of deals, those, those 17 to $20 million a year guys just are kind of, they're, they're just spooked off of it because it just doesn't tend to, to play out well for the ones they've chosen. Um, you know, what's funny about that is I will say, so let's look at that from a whole and say this, and here's the issue. Everybody has like I, if you want to put those guys in tiers, just because they're middle tier players doesn't mean there isn't a market for their service because there's certain people that shop in that middle tier. So they also are going to maximize their value to those middle tier teams. So those guys, like everybody else, go to the highest bidder typically. So there is a market for them because there's people that don't want to shop in the expensive in the expensive section. So what winds up happening is if all you can afford is that section you wind up overpaying for it as well because you want them to come to your team because that's the market you shop in. Well, and, and I think teams that shop in that market generally have the younger superstars already, right, that they haven't paid yet. So they're, they're supplementing their roster with guys like that to go along with their superstars. Think of like uh, Michael Brantley with the Astros, right? They already have a bunch of young guys they're not paying that are superstars. So they can afford to pay a, a guy like Brantley that kind of money and have him come in and fill a fill a gap for them. The Cardinals, though, are signing guys like Leak and Dexter, and like they don't have these elite young players, so like they expect more out of these these middling guys, and they don't get it, and then they get disappointed. So it's like they they buy something on a value and then expect it to be amazing, and it's not. See. And I think that's where that's where signing guys like that for the Cardinals just doesn't work out most of the time because they don't have those high draft pick profile superstar young talent players that some other organizations get a hold of. Um, it, it, here's the thing. So, it, it, like for me, I've said this, and people just act like I'm. See, they used to be able to do that because they had those guys. You could play John Jay and Daniel Descalzo and all these guys because right next to him was Albert Pujols, and you went out and you got Berkman, and a long time ago you went out and you got Walker, and you had, like you had these guys, and you could put these other guys in there and say, you know what, two or three of these. The problem is now those same guys they're counting on them, and that's the reason why I don't think we're in that upper echelon of teams doesn't mean we can't win doesn't mean we can't win our division doesn't mean we can't get hot but i think but but you know i don't i don't listen i don't look a gift horse in the mouth i don't look i'm not unhappy with what happened with us last year but i think you saw in the postseason like how tough it can be if you are bringing a knife to a gunfight yep you know yeah that's just what i believe I mean, if you're really counting on Dakota Hudson as your number two, then that's just what you're shooting for. You're shooting for trying to win the division and then getting hot and hoping the ball bounces your way in October. Because that's not, 
I'm not trying to knock Dakota Hudson, but he is no number two when it comes to facing organizations like the Nationals and Dodgers. Like, it's just, you're just, like you said, you're bringing a knife to a gunfight because he is not what they're throwing out there as their number two. You know, I can you... <sighs> See, it's all going to be in the eye of the beholder, right? Like, people could sit here and say, well, Washington was, what, an inning or two away from not even being in the real postseason, you know, and they look how hot they got. Yeah, but I'd also argue, look at their roster, you know? Yeah. I don't have any explanation. Like, I don't, like, I don't, I don't live in Washington, even though I follow a lot of baseball. I don't have any explanation for how they got themselves behind the eight ball in their division. I have no explanation. For, I don't know. They wouldn't be the first team to do it. I mean, I think um, if you look at the 2011 Cardinals, the 2006 Cardinals, people will tell you, if you look at both those clubs, they dealt with shit all season long, and the first time they actually got kind of healthy was in the playoffs. Yep. You know? Uh, so, but, but look who was on that roster. Okay? I've said it since day one. And listen, I, I, like, every, like, people are always going to look for something to blame because it's easier to blame something. Than to, than to blame the real issue that you know is never going to get fixed unless you get lucky, okay? Albert Pujols was lucky. That was luck. Say what you yep. will, that was luck, okay? He wasn't, a top, he wasn't a top 10 draft pick. He's a guy that, you, that developed in your system, and Bobby Bonilla pulled a hamstring the day before they broke camp, Okay? Let me tell you how baseball works. Yep. You may have never heard Albert Pujols' name if he goes back to AAA. That's how baseball works, whether you like it or not. He wouldn't be the first one, okay? You know, now you can say, well, he's Albert Pujols. I, I get that. Okay, I understand it. I'm just being realistic. There's all kinds of guys out there like Albert Pujols in the minor leagues, okay, that don't become Albert Pujols. There's guys out there that were way better than Albert coming out that wind up being what they should be there. And there's all kinds of guys that get drafted a lot, obviously a lot higher than Albert Pujols that never become anything. We've had them here in this town. Okay? So when you really look at it and you, and you say, you know, how, how do we do this and, and where's it? There's no Chris Carpenter. Now, now, we might have one now in Jack Flaherty. I really like Jack Flaherty. I'm going to need to see yep. more than a year before – you know, like, like, but, but, man, I, there's nothing that leads me to believe that he can't fill that role. But up until now, who's been Jack Flaherty for the St. Louis Cardinals? You know what Nobody. I mean? Like, like, they haven't had one in a while. You know, once, once Adam Wainwright became unhealthy, you know, we we lost that luster, right? And then we've been re we tried to replace that with guys that could pitch a little bit, which is fine. But. There's no Pujols. There's no. There's no. There's no uh, Chris Carpenter. You know. There's no trade for Lance Berkman. You know. There's no. There's no Carlos Beltran. Like we. Like we didn't get those guys. What we went out and got was Dexter Fowler, who's not on the same planet as the guys we just discussed. Okay. As much as I yeah. like Matt Holiday, he wasn't those guys. He was okay. No. He was okay. I, like, I, I think you could. I think you could put Holiday with Beltran. Like, I think they're the same guy. Like, in the sense of like, I, uh, I would put them on the same. Nah, Holiday didn't play. Yeah. I I told I told uh, his name came up with Kyle. He didn't hit enough home runs to offset his defense for me. No, you got to hit. Beltran. Beltran could play. 
Beltron had a, one of the best arms in baseball. He could play. He was a smart baseball player. He helped you in other ways. And and I eh, I, I like Beltron better than Holiday. That's just me. I liked him. I liked him better than Holiday. Holiday was a good player. I don't think he was great. I just don't. If you're going to play awful defense, you got to hit 30 home runs a year. Sorry, that's how I feel. Like I could be wrong, but that's how I feel. Yeah, good, I, I, good player. I would look at like Bert. I would look at Berkman Holiday and Beltran as the same type of acquisition. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's okay, because I'm talking I, on I the whole. Yeah, I would put Roland and, and Albert in, in a, a higher echelon. Than absolutely. And Jim Edmonds, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yep, yep. Absolutely. So if you're tearing out, like, the Cardinal stars over the last two decades, like, I would put those three in the top tier, and then, well, I mean, Albert's on his own, but, like, you know, and then you have that tier of, like, Berkman, Holiday, and, and Beltran. But you're well, right. Like, we don't, ever since then, we haven't had that guy, and they haven't really shown an interest to get that guy other than when they got a Goldschmidt, you know? Well, so, and I, I want to preface something, too. I'm talking about Carlos Beltran when we got him <laughs> Toward, yeah. towards the end. <laughs> I'm not talking yeah, about Carlos Beltran Ber- in his prime. Yes. Yeah, same with Berkman. I mean, you know, he was at the end of the road when he came to St. Louis. Right. So, but I, I just, you know, like I said, I if if I'm if I'm looking at this and I'm trying to figure out what we're doing and where we're going, the, the Kim thing doesn't bother me at all. At all. It's not like people no. took it at what I said as I was upset. No, I'm not. Not at all. I have no, like, listen, I, like everyone else, has no idea what he's going to do. No idea. Yep. Now, there's people a lot smarter than all of us that have watched him pitch, and they, they obviously like his repertoire. They think the velocity. They think the, they think they obviously are big on the slider, which, let's face it, that's, that's, you know, the last couple of years, everybody in the world now knows what a slider is and how important it is to baseball and all that kind of stuff. So that's the that's the go-to. He's got a great slider. Um, so that's great. That's great. I have no idea what he's going to do, right? I hope he's great. Yep. My whole thing is just having some fun with this is, like, for people that want to complain, like, like, this is who the Cardinals are. This is where they shop. Like I said. But, like, I, well, I get why get upset over an, a two-year, eight million dollar deal? Like the, we don't, we didn't know that Brett Cecil was going to be terrible, and we spent thirty million on that. So like, you don't know if this guy's going to be good or bad, and you only spent eight million dollars. Like well, see, I don't, I don't think I don't, it's the I don't money. The angst. I'll tell you what it. I'll, well, I'll tell you what it is. The angst is, and this is what it comes down to. This is in the end what it is. The, the the there's the fan base well not the whole fan base but they're the faction they want them to go get a real guy that they're comfortable with the name and who he is and they want him to spend money you know what i'm saying like that's what like but but this is kind of what i'm saying i don't believe in any way shape or form that that's who they are they're that's just not who they are so you either like them or don't and you and listen, everybody's free to bitch and complain, but like it is, it like like it's just not happening. You know, it's just not happening. The, should we have all read the tea leaves when they chose not to sign Albert? Like, wasn't that the wasn't that them screaming, "We are not signing players for that kind of money"? I well, yeah, I like, would agree. I mean, we're, we're what eight years past. We're all still kind of like not, you know, we're we're not understanding that message after eight years. Like, that was the writing on the wall. If they weren't going to sign that guy, then are they really going to sign anyone else for that kind of money? Yeah, no way. 
Like I don't, right? I don't see it. Yeah, no way. So I think we all just need to like take a breath and understand what they told us eight years ago is still true today. Yeah. And we can get mad and and frustrated, <sighs> but like they told us eight years ago who they were as a front office. Absolutely. And they have not changed one bit. They're yeah. they're gonna make. I mean, they'll trade for guys. We've seen that. They're not afraid to trade for players, but. As far as signing someone up for two, three hundred million dollars, they're just not going to do it. They, they said that eight years ago, and they've held true today. Um, I want to hit you with some stuff from the Patterson Tire and Service text line before we go. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. Let's hit the Patterson Tire and Service text line. They're a whole lot more than a tire store. Give them a call at 618-797-6711, located at 3718 Highway 111 in Granite City, Illinois. They've been down in that community for a long, long time, and uh, so many trust them with their vehicles and the stuff that they need and, and their opinions. You should, too, if you're in that area and you haven't given them an opportunity for your business. You definitely should. Or if you're on the outlying area there, trust me, they're worth a little bit of a drive for you. As I told you, they're a whole lot more than a tire store, as you can obviously give them a quick call for a quote on brakes and tires. But they do automotive repair for all vehicles, uh, take care of anything that you need, that check engine lights on. If things just aren't sounding right with your car, get it down there sooner rather than later. Don't let the problem compound. That's our good friends, Patterson Tire and Service, a whole lot more than a tire store. All right, here's one for you. Um, uh, and I think this one isn't, like, I'm going to bring this up because I wonder if people, like, follow the whole thing. So given the loss of velocity we saw with Strasburg after he had Tommy John, if Jordan Hicks experiences a dip in speed but has good movement on his pitches, uh, do you still like him in the bullpen or give him a chance to make the starting rotation in 2021? So we're talking quite a ways out. Um, I'll go first here, but I, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I The dip in velocity with Strasburg, I think, has been a – like this has been a culmination of years of issues with Strasburg. And I don't have any data in front of me, but there's a lot of guys that have Tommy John and actually come back throwing harder. Um, yep, I think the Tommy true. John thing – uh, that that and again it documented I guess um, I believe that people that have Tommy John when they first come back they struggle with command Correct. so which is going to be a little rough on Jordan because he has struggled with command without Tommy John but I, I I will say this I I don't know like if it's worth it in my opinion to put any labels on anything with a guy that has an arm like that I think you just rehab it out you 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 get out there you go through the the hard part of it and then. A guy with that type of elite talent comes out on the other side one way or the other, whoever he is. I mean, and that's just kind of how I look at it. Uh, yeah, there is absolutely no way I'm pigeonholing a guy like six into a 60-inning role every year. Like, no thanks. So if he comes to camp in 2021, right, and is healthy and looks good, I'm giving him every chance I can to start and give me 200 innings. Why? Why in the world would you just want to pigeonhole him into a position just because he was good at that? It's just, I, to me, I hope they learn from their mistake with Rosenthal. Like, I felt like he should have been given ample opportunity to become a starter, and they never really gave it to him because they just say, we need a closer. He's the closer, you know? Got to get that meaningless three-run ninth-inning lead save. So I, I don't I don't have any issue with Jordan Hicks coming to 2020. Um. I, I will say this. I'm not like I can't think of too many instances where guys pitched multiple years out of the bullpen and then and then it wound up being a great career for him moving into the starting rotation. 
doesn't happen very often. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's usually the other way around. Um, and I know some guys start their career in the bullpen, like as they come up as young guys, but they usually get moved into the rotation fairly soon. If he makes, if he's in the bullpen for two or three years, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Cause I've said it once, say it again. The bullpen's not a healthy place to pitch. I don't know that it really sets you up for longevity. And that's just my thought. Yeah. So that's another reason why I'd get him out of there. If he shows he's, a, he's capable of doing it. Correct. I, I would agree with that. Um, next question, guys, I love the shows and wish you had one daily. Well, we do almost, I mean, we're up to about three a week, but my beef right now is we can really, can we really trust our rotation outside of Jack? We're praying Hudson doesn't have a sophomore slump, AKA Weaver. Wayno staying healthy and producing on the road, just not at home. Michaelis getting back to Cy Michaelis status. I think that was a, a little shout out to you and Carlos being healthy after surgery, putting it together mentally. Finally, and beyond that, do we honestly think it's going to be Reyes, Gomber or Ponce? to be the savior. Sorry for the rant, but would love your thoughts. Thanks. Steel Orwig. Um, I, I think he kind of said a mouthful there that really echoes kind of what you've been saying for a while. Yeah. They don't have a number two uh, that, uh, that I feel good about. Like you're going to, you're going to Sharpie Jack in for opening day. And then what are you doing? You don't, they don't know, you know, and it's, it's a strategy they've chosen to go with. And, you know, I, I can't do anything about it, but I'm not comfortable. Um, I'm not comfortable with uh, what they've got going on in terms of uh, uh, reliability, I guess, because it could go south quick. There's some upside, but the risk far outweighs the upside of whatever they've got going right now with that rotation. Um, here's an interesting one. Haven't heard much about Jose Martinez from Cards fans or journalists this offseason, which I'll preface by saying I agree with him. He's kind of a forgotten guy. In my opinion, he should get a look to start every day. If he's working on his footwork in the outfield this offseason, he should be a starter. Got a good arm. Um, he had to be close to our most productive hitter in September, October, and can hit versus left-handed pitching or right-handed pitching. Thoughts? Thank you. Love the show. Thanks for providing great content, Brian. I'll go first on this one. Um, here's what I would say. Uh, I love Jose Martinez. You know that this show loves him. Obviously, uh, he's a Benji Molina is a big fan. That they love him. Um, you know, you people just disregard for some reason guys that can hit because they don't like the way they play. What I will say is this: Jose Martinez sat in the minor leagues for the Kansas City Royals for this very reason for a long, long time. So I don't like. I can't even tell you how old Jose Martinez is right now. I think he's somewhere around thirty. But the reality of it is this. If Jose Martinez isn't a good outfielder by now, he's never going to be one. Because this isn't like the first time that somebody has said, you need to be a better outfielder and you could play every day. So the reality of it is he's just not going to be a great outfielder. He's just not. It's not in the cards for him. And he's not going to be the first guy that this has happened to in the history of baseball, and he won't be the last. He is what he is. He's a guy that can definitely hit. Um, he's like everybody else. If he doesn't get regular at bats, it's a struggle. Although some guys are a little bit better at it than others, but there's a reason why pinch hitters don't hit 330 because it's really hard to do if you don't do it every day. So I think he is what he is. I think there was an article in the paper. I don't know if you saw it, uh, Mo, but there was an article in the paper the other day that he is exactly who this 26 spot on the roster is going to go to a guy, a, 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 a quote-unquote secret weapon for late innings off the bench and a spot start here or there given the correct situation. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Mo's your thought. He has no place on a National League roster. That's my thoughts on Jose Martinez. 
And if they couldn't get something of value out of him, then I guess you got to keep him around. But I find it very hard to believe that there's not a single American League team that wouldn't mind having Jose Martinez on their roster uh, to where they could use him more frequently than the Cardinals could without risking a lot. I just, you can't tell me that there's not a reliever or something of some value out there that could help the Cardinals more often than Jose Martinez can riding on the bench. That's just how I view it. Um, I like the guy. He just doesn't have a place in the National League. You know, it's funny. I'm thinking, um, I, I guess, if you think about who Jose Martinez offensively, um, what team in the American League, and, and this is going to sound like I'm digging on him. I'm not at all. But what does he really do that you would look at it and say, yeah, we got to have uh, Jose Martinez as our – because the reality of it is he doesn't hit, enough, he doesn't hit a lot of home runs. He's not going to be a 30-home run guy. Um, I'm not even sure. Uh, I, 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 don't, like, I don't think he is. Like, I, I just – I think in the right place he could be. I think St. Louis is not, you know, we've been over this sure. with St. Louis not being a hitter's park. I think in the right environment, he could be. Um, it's there. And I think with some adjustments, I mean, look, and I, not to say that he was as bad as Jose Bautista, but like, look what, look at some of the style and adjustment changes a guy like Jose Bautista did when he went, you know, from Pittsburgh to Toronto. Like, and, you know, when he was in Pittsburgh, he wasn't any sort of like power hitter like that. And then he goes to Toronto and becomes a superstar. So I, I, don't, I think that the pieces and the skills are there for a guy like Jose, Mar- Jose Martinez to, to be a, a Jose Bautista type, but he's just got he can't he can't do it with 200, 300 at bats a year. Bautista would be an interesting uh, would be an interesting comp. That's interesting. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, uh, close. Hmm. That's really interesting. Um. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'm not, not and that's a very high ceiling. That's sure. a leap. And I understand yeah. people are going to go, what is? what are you talking about? I'm just saying, like, that's a guy who wasn't really, you know, uh, a great defender, playing in the National League, struggling, didn't hit for a ton of power, and he gets an opportunity in the American League and, and blossoms. And I just feel like, you know, uh, there's there's certain parts and certain atmospheres in the American League. Like, H- Jose Martinez in Baltimore right now, like, he's better than Chris Davis as a DH. So, and I know they want to lose, you know, but, but he's a, a low cost. You're telling me there's nothing in Baltimore's system that they could trade for that would help them, maybe not right this second, but long term, you know, and, and Jose Martinez could, could flourish in a ballpark like that. that. That's where I look at and just go, like, what, what's better for both organizations at this point? And I just feel like having him around on the like because you're just you're not helping yourself putting him in the game. Like there's just other than the pinch hit, what he can do and that one at bat, that's all you're getting. And and I feel like there's this the roster spot is worth more than that, even with the new additional one. Yeah, that's a I, I that's an interesting comparison. Obviously, we don't know if he could be Jose Bautista, and we're not sure. I I, 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 I know, would but, just rather yeah. I would rather carry a third catcher with that 26 spot. So I'm not afraid to, you know, if they sign a guy like Weeders, who's a left-hander, that way I'm not afraid to use him when I need a left-handed bat. You know, right now you sign a guy like Weeders, but you're afraid to use him in case something happens to Yachty. 
and you're going, well, like, what's the point of having him as that bat if I can't use him because I'm afraid that something could happen to Yachty from the sixth inning on, and then I don't have a third catcher. So I look at that, and, and it all depends on your roster construction, but I'm looking at the Cardinals' plans. If, they're, if their vision is to re-sign Weeders, which I'm totally fine with, I think he was more than serviceable in the role that he's going to play behind Yadier Molina. And I'm not even saying you would use a guy like Kisner as your third catcher. I don't think you'd want to waste that. But I would definitely sign some other scrub as my third catcher so I actually had one. So that way I could use Weeders as an actual baseball player and not a bookend for Yadier Molina when he wants to take a day off every month. Yeah, that's interesting. The you, You've got that, me. That's how I would approach that. Hmm. Well, it, it's interesting. There's no doubt about it. Um, okay, great, great thought. Uh, let's go to um, – oh, here's one I know you'll like. <laughs> With the Rockies shopping Arenado, should the Cardinals offer something along the lines of Carpenter, Gorman, and insert outfield prospects, prospects here, would the Rockies go for it? Okay, I'll go first. You, you ruined it when you put Carpenter in the deal. Um, mm-hmm. And I like I, I don't get the – like, here's the thing. I, everybody needs to understand this. If the, if the Colorado Rockies were dead serious about trading Arenado, okay – People would absolutely line up out the door to get him. So they're all going to be offering their top prospects. So you can't, it'd be no different than what we're talking about with Mo. You know, like if we're, if, if, like if he seriously, like, and I, and I have, like, again, this was reported and it was shown today. A reporter said the Cardinals were kind of hoping to get Bumgarner on a pillow deal. It'd be no different than that if you went in there and said, hey, what if we do Gorman and Carpenter and a Rosarena? Knowing damn good and well that the Dodgers are sitting over there offering top prospects, knowing that so and so is offering top the whoever, it's no different. It's it's no different. If you're gonna come to the fight, come prepared to fight. Okay, yep. it's that yep. simple. It's that simple. Thoughts? Yeah, I I, w- I would go in uh, willing to give up absolutely everything, but Dylan Carlson, right? So like. I'm other than Jack. Like I'm not looking to try and trade a lot of major league pieces for Arenado, right? Well, they're not going to want him. That point, they're not going to want him. That's what, at that point, I don't think that's what Colorado wants anyway, right? So I go in there with my entire list of minor leaguers, and Carlson is kind of like highlighted in terms of like not available, and I offer Colorado to take your pick. What what's it going to take that I have to offer to make this happen? Would they do that? No, the Cardinals would never do that. But that's how I feel about the roster or the, the organization as it sits right now. Is if I can give up something, because like if if your plan is for Gorman to play third base, then you don't really need him anyway, right? And they're not even sure if he can play third base at the major league level. So at this point, you're not sure what he is. So if he's worth something to someone of, of value, then I give him up for a guy like Arenado. I don't even think twice about it. So. Uh, Obviously, if you had to get to the point you're giving up Dylan Carlson, obviously you don't want to give up Carlson and Gorman, right? You don't want to give up both. So maybe you keep Gorman, turn him into a left fielder, and you get rid of Carlson. But I would do all of that. I would do what it takes to, to get a guy like Arenado right now. Well, what I would say, sure. and what I would say to everybody is pretty pretty plain and simple. Okay, what people really need to think about: the Cardinals are already coming to that fight with a with a knife because. I like there's this conception that what Moe's really good at is building a minor league system. The St. Louis Cardinals have one of the worst minor league systems in baseball. 
They're ranked like 25th. Now, this is they, by this. They depleted the hell out of it. Yeah, this is their supposed. Uh, this is their supposed uh, experts that do this, but there's a reason why they're ranked that low. Okay, they don't have, like, to my knowledge, I think they have two guys currently uh, ranked in the top 100, right? Um, and I think that's kind of how they do it. If that, if I'm not mistaken, that's got a big part of it. And then the depth of of where these guys rank, you know. So for the Cardinals right now. Um, Gorman and Carlson are the only two guys in the top 100 prospects in baseball. Now, you could sit there and go, well, that's crazy. Randy Rosarena hit 330 last year at AAA. And what about Alejus oh, Montero? And, uh, man, Ryan Helsley throws 100 miles an hour. Well, you know, I, I'm just telling you what the quote-unquote experts see. Okay? Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is they don't have the Cardinals ranked very high. So, you know, you can – be bully on your own players all you want, okay? And it doesn't mean they're not going to be serviceable players at the big league level. But what we're talking about are guys that can, quote-unquote, move the needle. It's pretty simple, you know? It, it, it is what it is. Like, you know, the Boston Red Sox aren't going to be making a trade for a guy with their prospects anytime soon. They're the worst team in baseball, you know? Uh, the Rangers. Maybe that's why the Rangers were so hot on Anthony Rendon and, and did did some stuff that, you know, what are they going to do? But the Rangers traded for Corey Kluber, and they have the almost the worst uh, minor league system in baseball. They didn't give anything yeah, for and, Corey Kluber. Well, and, and other organizations are going to view are going to going to view and rate players differently than than like Baseball America. You know what I mean? Like just because uh, they don't have two more than two top one hundred guys doesn't mean that they don't have a whole bunch of guys Colorado would like or that Colorado sure. wanted to draft. Right. Or, you know, so that's the thing. Like, every single trade is different. Like, every – because I value something differently than you value something. And so, like, I could look at the Cardinals roster or, uh, you know, organization as an organization and say, I would love to have those two or three guys, even though they're not ranked in the top 100, because they fit in well with our other guys that we already have in place in our system. So, like, I don't think people take that view when they think about what they're giving up in a trade. That, like, just be, like maybe the Rockies have seven amazing outfield prospects. They don't need Dylan Carlson, but they're still interested in five other guys the Cardinals have to offer. You know, that's, that's the thing. I think that's, that's how these organizations kind of look at things. Is like, what do we need as a fit in our organization that the other team, the other team can offer? And, you know, that's where sometimes it doesn't marry up. But I don't think there's any reason that the Cardinals couldn't get something done for Arenado. And I would do it in a heartbeat because I think it frees up a lot of things for them. They could trade a guy like Carpenter. I know he's owed money. You could eat some of that money and get a reliever out of him. Like, you could just free yourself of some of the constraints that certain parts of this roster have put on the manager right now uh, by making a trade like that while also getting a superstar. Um, You know, any thoughts on, like, how big are you on on Arenado? Where do you think he he sits in in terms of if he's you know if he's not playing eighty something games at at Colorado? Is he? Let me ask you this question. I know he's a great player. I, I I've said this hundred times. I'll go pick him up at the airport. Is he worth thirty five million dollars if he doesn't play eighty something games at at Colorado strictly because of his defense and the fact that he will still be a good really good offensive player? Maybe not great away from there, but he'll be good enough with the defense that he's still worth that money. He's every bit of Scott Rowland, and Scott Rowland would make that money today. I was going to say, would Scott so, Rowland make that money today? That was going to be that. That was where I was going with this. Anthony Rendon did. I mean, that to me shocked the hell out of me. I'm not going to lie. Like 
that felt – I've watched Anthony Rendon since he was a rookie, and, like, I just felt like, holy cow, that's a lot of money. He's a good player, but, like, I still don't put him in that pedigree of, of that kind of money, and he got it. So I don't think there's any doubt that this day and age that, that Scott Rowland would have gotten $30-plus million. Would – you know – how does playing like that's an like you know Mike Trout withstanding that's not a great hitter's park how's that going to affect Rendon you think I mean there's obviously going to be you would think a little bit of a maybe not a huge drag but there's got to be a little come down no yeah I don't I mean because uh, like I'll just look at it from like a fantasy perspective I'm not going to be interested in drafting him where he's going to go and a lot of it's going to have to do with his with the team he's on and the park he's playing in, and the park he's going to play in a lot, places like Oakland. And, ugh, no. Like, I just don't – I'm not, like, an Anthony Rendon hater, and he's probably a tick better than a guy like Arenado in terms of, like, all-around ability. But I would much rather have Arenado, and I'm not a huge Team Arenado guy. Like, I would have had, rather had Machado. So – I would be fine with trading for Arenado. I think it would help the Cardinals for years to come, especially with Goldschmidt. Like you have, you'd almost have your pool holes rolling. Almost, like not, not. I'm not getting crazy, but like you'd finally be there, and then you could survive with a guy like Bader in center field playing amazing defense and batting eight. But the problem is they don't have that guy. They're hoping Matt Carpenter is that guy, and he's not going to be that guy again. He never was. And so I just feel like it, it would help a lot of things with their current roster construction to have two anchors like Arenado and Goldie on the corners. You know, look at the Cubs with Bryant and Rizzo. Like, just knowing those two guys are out there 158 games a year. Like, that helps a manager. That helps a team to know to have that consistency. Oh, I think it's huge. I don't think it gets talked enough about, like, to be honest with you, for the whole, like, I said it a thousand times over. I mean, how nice was it, you know, for Tony La Russa to just walk in and pencil Albert Pujols in the lineup every day, batting third, playing first base? I mean, it's a great, great, great start, right? <laughs> yeah, and I'm and I'm all for analytics and like making sure you have the matchups correct. But like constant revolving door of players, positions, and certain points of the lineup. As a human being, that's got to get kind of like tiring. You know, it's got to get like you just. Sometimes, like, I know where my desk is at work, right? So, like, I don't, if I had to go in every day and not know where I was sitting, to me, that would get, that would make me anxious. So, I feel like there's some human element to base just revolving it every day and nothing would get to some of these guys, I would think. Yeah, it's, um, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, I, I've, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, to be honest with you, where, uh, the Cardinals wind up this year. Um, your thoughts on the division? Uh, like I it's mean, like it. It just seems like it's there for the taking. It's it's there. It's a wide open division. I think what I hope the Cardinals are not doing is making the mistake that the Cleveland Indians made last year, and that was automatically dismissed one. Uh, which, you know, they could easily dismiss the White Sox and Royals. We knew they were rebuilding and the Tigers. But, like, they just swept away like the Twins didn't exist. And I hope the Cardinals are not doing that with the Cubs because the Cubs still have a lot of talent and a different voice to get them playing a little more consistently. And I don't I don't want them to just all of a sudden dismiss the Cubs again. Uh, I don't buy the Reds. The Reds are still the Reds. 
So, and maybe I'm making a, a mistake there. Um, but I just, I hope that they're not just automatically dismissing uh, the Cubs and, and even the Brewers to a certain extent. I, I really like Craig Council and what he does. And he gets a lot out of guys that you don't expect. And so there, I think there's some, there's some things to worry about there. It's not just theirs, you know, going away. Uh, but I think they could make a couple more moves to make it theirs going away, but they're not probably not going to do that because it's going to involve money. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I'm with you on that. I think when you start making your moves based solely on your own division, I'm not quite sure that's healthy because nope. there, there's always a team that surprises you. There's always a team, both ways, right? Yep, yep. Like, well, it, you know, in the sport that blows my mind that does this a lot, you hear a lot of the NFL draft of like, oh, we got to get this pass rusher because we're going to face Aaron Rodgers twice a year. Like, what? What What does, what does in the world do with anything? Why would you base your roster based on a team you're going to play a fraction of the time? Just make the best roster. Like, I, it blows my mind. And I, I feel like what you're saying, like the Cardinals are kind of doing that. They're like – well, we'll just tinker our roster to where it's good enough to compete with the Cubs for the division. Forget the Dodgers and Nationals, who we'll have to compete with in October, but let's just make it good enough to win our division. It's kind of where I, I kind of hate divisional play in all sports. I think it's silly. Just let the best teams play in the playoffs, regardless of what region they may have been in. I was going to say, that's an interesting um, – that's interesting. It's an interesting uh, – Divisional day. play is archaic in a, in a day – where travel is almost instantaneous for us, right? Divisional plays started because they were they were boarding trains to head to Pittsburgh. You know, they couldn't go out to California, you know, every week to play the Dodgers. But I I don't I don't like the current divisional system the way it's set up where you play your divisional opponents nineteen times a year. Like it just it doesn't I don't know. I don't it's archaic, I don't like it, but it is what it is. Probably not changing. Yeah, I'm um I'm like I think we're seeing it. Like that question's going to rear its ugly head. I think this year compliments of America's team in football with the with the. Hey now, hey now. I know, but it's but it's the truth, right? <laughs> it's going to rear its ugly yep. head because the, yep. the, the projections have the 500 Cowboys hosting the 11 and whatever or 12 and whatever San Francisco 49ers. For the for a, yep. for the first game of the playoffs, so that conversation is going to rear its ugly head. And the truth is, nothing like a big team involved to get that conversation rolling. So you never know. Even though I know that's your team, uh, maybe that'll the squeaky wheel will get that grease, <laughs> and you'll and yep. you'll, you'll hear a little bit about it. Well, listen, man, I enjoyed the show today, and and thank you for answering some of those tough questions from our Patterson Tire and Service text line. Remember, there are a whole lot more than a tire store. You can obviously give them a quick call at 618-797-6711 for a quote on brakes or tires. Uh, But if you're curious about something else that's going on with your car, remember that they specialize in all automotive repair. They can take care of that knock in the engine. Uh, If the car's just not running right, uh, the check engine light's on, shoot, uh, you know, uh, uh, oil change. Anything that you need done, you can trust Patterson Tire and Service to get it done. They're located at 3718 Highway 111 in Granite City, Illinois. Been there for a long, long time. 
made many, many friends throughout the years just by being honest and doing great work. And that's what they're known for, folks. So uh, even if you're not in that immediate area, they're worth the call. They're worth the drive because you can trust that the work's going to get done right and it's going to get done for a, a, a fair price. That's Patterson Tire and Service, a whole lot more than a tire store. I uh, want to thank you for joining us today, Moe's. want to thank everybody else for joining us. Where can people follow you, Mo? On Facebook at Moe's Algorithm and on Twitter at M-O-Z underscore algorithm. Um, good stuff as always, and we encourage you all to check us out at twobirdsonabat.com. We're going to ask that you subscribe to the show there. It's absolutely free. Find us on our social media sites. We are at Birds on a Bat Show on Twitter. Find us on Facebook, Two Birds on a Bat, and, of course, on Instagram, Two Birds on a Bat Show. Thank you to lineupmediagroup.fm for housing our podcast. Uh, they have a wonderful streaming platform for your mobile device called Yo Radio. I'd download it for free today if I were you. Our partners couldn't do the show without them. You always hear me talk about Randy Green and his wonderful daughter, Stephanie, and their great company, InnovativeCompanies.com. Uh, a special shout-out to them as they do so much for their community, especially around these holidays when people are in need. They don't forget uh, everyone, and uh, that's why I'm proud to be associated with them. But their residential, commercial, industrial work is second to none. Don't forget the military and first responder discount just by showing your identification. But uh, construction, heating, including, and electric, that's who you should trust. That's InnovativeCompanies.com. As always, coming to you from the patio studios, the original party place for St. Louis Cardinal fans everywhere. My friend, DrKristenJacobs.com, wants to remind you to take care of your skin. Every day is Skin Cancer Awareness Day. Check her out at drchristianjacobs.com. To the best barbecue in St. Louis, Adam Smokehouse, located over at Watson Road. Um, I, maybe, I don't know if it's too late to get your holiday order in for that uh, great special that they had, but it's worth a call, so I'd check them out. And, uh, while you're, I'd just go over there is what I would do. Just walk in and say, hey, I want to encourage. But I'm also going to try a little food while I'm here. That's what I would suggest. That's our good friends at Adam Smokehouse, located on Watson Road. St. Louis, here's your cue. And, of course, my good friends at GatorsBaseballAcademy.com. It's time to get better, folks. Missouri and Illinois locations to help your young one or even older one that's still playing the game that they love get better. That's GatorsBaseballAcademy.com. For all of us here at Bowties and Bullshit, our friends at Two Birds on the Bat, we thank you. Let's go, Birds! This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.